0: I say can you dig it? Put your two hands up like that.
1: Can you dig it? Can, 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 can. Here we go. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It a podcast by SilverScreenEnroll and Roll.com. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood. On All-Star Weekend, uh, we were, surprisingly am, are not reporting live from Cleveland. Uh, we are at our homes where we watch the game. And mm, I, I want to say one of the more entertaining All-Star games in recent memory. I feel like I've said that every year since the ELAM ending has been implemented. Um, but this year, the amount of talent that was on the floor at least for team LeBron there, uh, and the video game numbers that Steph Curry put up all of it, uh, made for a fun night for people like us that were rooting for team LeBron, but also just like the fact that team Giannis, the the fact that it came down to the final shot in the game, despite, uh, team Durant, sorry, not team Giannis, uh, team Durant being without Kevin Durant, uh, I think it's really a testament to how fun of a game it was.
0: Uh, I was getting a little annoyed briefly that Joel Embiid was really actually doing his get to the free throw line shenanigans. I thought I was like, surely this is not about to happen. Fortunately, the refs just stopped calling that. Um, That was fun as hell, man. Steph Curry, I tweeted it during that third quarter, like might be the most fun player in the NBA, especially, like, when he's red hot, like he was tonight. Like, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say anybody's as fun to watch as him because, like, he's shooting threes from half court and just shooting them and running away. Like, it's – video game doesn't even do it justice. Like, I can't yeah. do that in my player mode. Like, he's he's absurd. And, like, I, I watched the game. I wrote the recap for Silver Screen and Roll, and I didn't even realize – how many threes he hit until like they finally went to commercial in that third quarter after he hit a like billion of them in a row. And I looked at the stats. I'm like, Oh my God, he has 13 three pointers already. And, uh, he tried his damnedest to break 80s record, but I think his arms were probably literally ready to fall off. He shot 27 three pointers. That is absurd. So, uh, LeBron did what LeBron does and, hit a stupid game winner that was fun as hell man i this Elam ending is so much fun i it's not really practical to institute it anyway in the nba i wish there was like maybe you make overtime like an elamending. i don't I'm, I'm not sure how that would work but like it's so much it's such a perfect format for the all-star game it makes it so much more fun cuz you get to have fun for three quarters and then everybody gives a damn in the fourth quarter. And I, I think it's the best of both worlds for people who always complain about nobody trying in an all-star game. Like I, I like watching Steph shoot 45 footers, like, sorry that he was earnestly getting double teamed at 1.2. So uh, that, it's so much fun. Yeah. There's so, there was so much talent on the floor. You, I, again, that's, I feel like something we've said last handful of years as well whether uh, even with Durant not out there tonight uh, I thought one of the differences tonight was how much like talent for the future is out there Devin Booker Trey Young John Morant Tatum um, a lot of the I'm sure Kat I'm sure I'm leaving guys off not intentionally LaMelo was a lot of fun at the end of the game Um, there's a lot of talent for the future as well but Damn, LeBron and Steph are really good together.
1: Yeah, I uh don't know how reasonable it is for them to team up like on a team. I guess that is reliant on where Bronny ends up in the future. i to we'll-
0: say if the Warriors <laughs> draft Bronny, it's pretty reasonable.
1: <laughs> but uh we will get into I, I promise we'll get into all of that after we talk about uh the all-star game, which was honestly the most fun part of All-Star Weekend. Leading up to it, pretty, um, maybe not cringe. Cringe might be a little harsh, uh, but the, gun- the the dunk contest was awful. Yeah, The skills challenge went on far too long. <laughs> yes. And uh, there was just like the weird Aisha and Steph, like mini games that were going on. I don't know who told them it was a good idea to do it in Cleveland. Uh, I don't know whose idea among the two of them it was, but whoever it was uh, was was in the wrong in that argument. But um,
0: he was born there. Why you, you didn't think he was going to get cheered? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, to for him to get cheered, you'd have to ignore literally all other context uh, <laughs> of his career, other than he was born there. But uh, I think the it, it is so hard for me to root against Steph Curry. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Lakers just absolutely sucked uh, (laughs) during his ascent in the NBA, all of his MVP years. It's not like the Lakers were going head to head with him in the playoffs. Otherwise I might feel differently. Um, Shoot. It might not. I might not even feel differently this year. I thought this year might be the year that I finally, you know, have some skin in the game in a, in a Steph Curry matchup last year's play. in I felt pretty confident the Lakers going to come out of that. And I just enjoyed watching Steph and LeBron go at it. A seven game series or something close to it uh, against Steph. Watching LeBron and 80 going against them. I think it might put like a, a little hate in my heart, uh, <laughs> but not, not nearly as much as, as fans in Cleveland had have for him. They were definitely rooting against against him. The only person I think, other than Cleveland fans, that were rooting against him was Anthony Davis. That's because Anthony <laughs> Davis holds the all time All Star uh, points in a game record that Steph Curry came three points shy of. He he came very close, like within centimeters even of tying it, but just couldn't get it to go in uh, at the end of the fourth or at the end of the fourth quarter. Is that what we're calling it?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess it's technically the fourth. The quarter. game. <laughs> yeah. The end of the game. <laughs> uh, he looked exhausted. There were the one sequence where LeBron like did like spinning whatever and found Steph for the three would have been like such a cool moment for him to break the record. And yeah, barely missed it. Like if you'd have told me in the in that third quarter when he had, like, 45 points with, like, a quarter and a half to go that he wouldn't break the record. I don't think I would have believed you. But he is, like, there, there may not be a more likable NBA player in the league, maybe other than, like, Giannis. Yeah. Like, those two, I find it impossible to root against. Um Steph is also, like, this level of terrifying that, like, you feel anytime he catches the ball, He's in range and has the ability to score. I mean, you saw it tonight. He's never gonna take some of those shots in like a game unless he's on fire. But like his range is up to like the half court line. So like he's incredible. Um he's yeah, he pairing him and Giannis and LeBron together made that team really easy to to root for for me. Um that it also helped that. Chris Paul only played two minutes which like what a bizarre choice like I think Monty Williams is a head coach so uh, it probably didn't like there was probably some sign off from the Suns franchise but why did he even play like he has a broken hand the Suns like have legitimate title contention like odds or in like why would you even risk that? Like, ultimately, he didn't do anything to, to aggravate it. But, like, it's not his first all-star game. <laughs> like, I thought when they said he was going to get token minutes, it was literally going to be, like, he goes on the court, passes the ball to someone yeah. wide open for a layup. There's your assist. Go out of the game. No, he was, like, actually playing for, like, two minutes. I was, like, this is not worth it. I, that was one of the most bizarre things I've seen. I think
1: he was, for at least from what I saw on Twitter, he was getting a fair amount of backlash because um, if if his hand has been broken, it most likely didn't happen yesterday. And he had to have known it's been broken for a few days now. So there was time potentially for somebody to come and replace him. Uh, and so for him to, you know, quote unquote, take that opportunity from somebody i think he felt like he had to play at least a little bit but i agree um like the suns are an actually good team and 2 minutes of chris paul playing or or him not playing and facing whatever heat you get from twitter or whatever it is not worth it i promise you um but overall a a really really fun game lebron hitting that game winner i felt was like a really nice bow and then um what, what did you think about the halftime show with everybody uh, on the NBA 75? Almost everybody. Russ and AD weren't there, which is weird to me. I think Russ had said something about Sunday being his uh, mom's birthday. So it makes sense that that he wasn't there. But I don't know why AD wasn't there. Uh, who else wasn't there? Scottie Pippen wasn't there. <laughs> Larry Bird wasn't there. There are a few people there. uh Like, it it would have been very cool to see all of them there, but the the ones that were there, I thought it was was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I just found everything about seeing all those generations of players, like, together Mm -hmm. was just, like, really awesome. All day, today, all weekend. Um, There was a really, really cool video of... I'm not sure if the NBA, t- I'm not sure who tweeted it actually, but it was all the Lakers legends that were there Jerry West, Magic, Shaq, Kareem, like all the guys that were on this top 75 list. Um, they were all there together and they got a photo together. And just seeing all those, just all like all that history, all that, all that, everything that those guys won and have stood for for the franchise together was. I thought really, really cool. It immediately made me miss Kobe even more. But um, I just found like everything about this week and like the way that they did it and everything, um, super cool. Like I, I, I enjoyed all of the kind of looking back and the celebrating and stuff, like seeing all the, seeing your like current guys, like shaking hands with some of the greats and just those random interactions you get um throughout that halftime show throughout the the whole day there after the game before the game all that stuff I I enjoyed that that a lot a lot more than I probably would have thought I would have because um I, I don't know I, it's just not typically a thing I I thought about I guess but seeing everyone there together I thought was really cool
1: yeah I wasn't alive for the uh 50th anniversary special um if I was I, made I was me feel old maybe a few months old yeah uh but the yeah this this was really cool i have a question for you though dwight howard obviously wasn't there for whatever godforsaken reason he should have been there (laughs) there's no like there's no basketball argument to be made for leaving dwight howard off of the top 75 list that is just an egregious mistake by the people that voted on it but I, I think we talked about that enough when it, when it came out, it's just needs to be said that it's really, really stupid that he wasn't there. If he was there, would he have been in that Lakers legends picture?
0: Oh God. Uh, uh, probably not. That'd have been a little weird. <laughs> yeah. The guy, the guys that were in it are like guys whose jerseys are retired type of legends.
1: What about AD? And- <laughs> would AD have been in that picture?
0: I, I, yeah, because he's one of the 75 greatest. He probably would have, they probably would have put him in that picture. He has a title with the team. Like he's committed for a while with the team and whatnot. I I think he's done enough with the Lakers to, to warrant being in that Dwight, I think would have made it kind of weird, especially like, do you put him next to Shaq? Cause those two like actively hate each other. Like
1: it would have been,
0: I, Oh man. And then like, Probably a good thing Russ wasn't there because I don't know if they were just simply taking like the 75 greatest players that are all Lakers there because then like Russ kind of has to be in that picture. And Lord knows, like that's a really touchy subject right now. So uh maybe it's a good thing Russ wasn't there, but uh they would have put AD in it. It's it's might also be a good thing that Dwight wasn't in the top 75 list too.
1: I mean, Mello was there and he wasn't in the picture. So I guess there is. They do have some That's, standards okay. when it comes That's to
0: true. <laughs> who like, makes the cut. This is totally off topic, but now it has me thinking. I don't think they really do it like they do in baseball, but like, who would Dwight go into the Hall of Fame with?
1: Oh, my Lord. Uh, probably, probably. I mean, Orlando is the obvious yeah. option, but he won a championship with the Lakers.
0: Yeah, it's probably Orlando because that was like his peak but like, yeah, he won a title with the Lakers. He's been with a lot of teams since. So he was
1: great in Houston. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, and like, yeah, that'd be really, it'd be really funny because I don't, I don't think Orlando wants to like honor him right now either. So like, that'd be, it's probably a, a, again, probably a good thing that doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> well, I guess this uh, will be a conversation we have in twenty five years time. Uh, in the NBA's top 100 list, um, I, if Dwight doesn't make that, if we still have a podcast, let me tell you, it'll be a it'll We're be sure. a real barn burner. If so, if we still have a podcast in 25 years, something will have gone either like very right or horribly wrong.
0: <laughs> Bud, I love you dearly. I am not doing this podcast in 25 years.
1: Uh, well, we talked about uh, all the good from the all-star game uh, and the all-star break when we get back from the break uh we will talk about the less good when it (laughs) comes to i guess uh the lakers future maybe so that'll be us when we get back let me start off by saying i think this is all dumb i don't want to talk about it uh but we absolutely have to talk about it uh because it's lebron james he is the star of the team depending on who you ask on Twitter. He is also the GM of the team. Uh, LeBron does not feel that way, though. Neither does his sports agency, Clutch Sports. Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report reported today that the Lakers' relationship with Clutch Sports reached a boiling point at the trade deadline due to the front office's hesitancy, reluctance, refusal <laughs> to trade... Russell Westbrook in a first-round pick for John Wall. We'll start there. There there are a lot of reasons for Clutch to be mad at Rob Lincoln, in the Lakers' front office. I do not think not surrendering one of the few assets they have as a team and Russell Westbrook for John Wall, who has not played this season and was not better than Russell Westbrook last season. I don't know if that's a hot take, but like straight up, Russell Westbrook was a better player than John Wall last year. And there's no reason to believe that John Wall would be a better player than Russell Westbrook uh, if he, if they were traded one for one, I'd be less against it if it was one for one, but even then, I don't know.
0: They, yeah, it's weird. It just everything that's happened. And we'll talk more about the other stuff, but like, Clutch and LeBron going on like this tour the last, not even the last week, basically since the All Star break started, of like throwing so much shade at the Lakers has been almost bizarre. Um, I can understand why Clutch wanted that deal to be done because John Wall is a Clutch client. And like, um, they certainly want him out of Houston. But for this to be like the straw that broke the camel's back does seem like they were just looking for a reason to be mad at the Lakers because as Pink has said in his article, there's no basketball reason for the Lakers to make that trade. Like John Wall hasn't played basketball for almost a year. And as bad as Russ may be, unless he's literally like, throwing an actual temper tantrum and demanding to be traded, there's no reason to do that trade. Like you're giving up an asset for a really, really big risk. Cause you don't really know how good John Wall even is at this point. And it's a similarly bad contract. So, I mean, like purely from a basketball perspective, that doesn't make sense. I wrote about it like this, seems a lot like clutch sports laying out a reason for when they leave being like, Oh yeah. Remember when you didn't trade John wall for us? Like, yeah, it's stuff like that. That makes us want to leave. And like, I it, it's just been a really weird couple of days with, with this, these reports. Um it, Even if clutch is mad, like AD's still here, he's still clutch. Like, I I don't know what all this even really means. I don't know how genuine all of it is. Not that I'm denying that Eric Pincus' report. I just don't really understand. This isn't how Clutch has done it when they leave places before. Like, when they left the Cavs, they didn't kind of make this big scene about everything and, like, get mad at Kobe Altman or whoever was the GM when they left the last time. Um, They just kind of left. And, like the way this is going down, I, part of me thinks like, maybe it is genuine. Maybe they really are this upset. I also wonder if this is kind of their way of just putting a lot of pressure on Polinka to fix things this summer. Maybe it's both. Um I'm not really sure what their end game is right now. I, I would be stunned if it's LeBron trying to get LeBron traded. I really don't think that's their end game. Um, but and the lakers aren't going to trade him unless he asks for it uh i there's a 0% chance that happens um so i'm not really i don't really know what to make of it it's it's really odd uh i don't doubt that clutch was upset that, that this deal didn't get done but that this is the breaking point just makes me think that like You wanted to be mad about something and this was the convenient thing.
1: One thing you said that I really want to, I guess, emphasize uh, in that this potentially being LeBron putting pressure on Palinka to fix things this summer, which I think was probably Palinka's mindset at the trade deadline, there have been rumors, reports, whatever you want to call it, about a package of Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker, and a first-round pick for John Wall and Christian Wood at the trade deadline that the Lakers reportedly refused for tax purposes. Um, Whether or not that's true, I, I don't think the Lakers deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to how much they're willing to spend to make this team a contender. But that's the thing is... Does that trade make this team a contender? If the answer is no, which it is, (laughs) then uh, why do it? Like, this is just my opinion, but I I have a really hard time. I would have a really hard time buying into an argument that the Lakers would be better off with Christian Wood and John Wall this season than they would with Russell Westbrook's expiring contract Mm-hmm. a first round pick that they can add another first round pick to because a year will have passed and they'll be able to package 2027 20, and 2029 20, and Taylen Horton Tucker all of those assets being available to them this summer than anything those players would have offered on the court this season call it punting a year of lebron if you have to john trading those assets for john wall and christian wood would in my opinion be punting two years Of LeBron James, but also a few years post LeBron James, which is a big, big risk to take. And I am not a uh, Palinka mouthpiece uh, by any (laughs) means. I, I am not somebody who has defended every move he's made. In fact, I've been pretty critical about everything the Lakers have done since they won the championship. But. I just think there is a lot of finger pointing going around uh, and I, I just don't see the reason why, like we all know the position the Lakers are in right now. There are reasons for why they're in the position they're in. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, LeBron wanting to play off ball, something he's made clear he's wanted to do since day one. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with the Lakers front office's interpretation of what that means for LeBron and their willingness to make that team work, uh, and, and pay for that type of team. Like I do think there is blame on both sides. I just think LeBron being as powerful as he is in the NBA is making these comments about, you know, Kobe Altman and Sam Presti being so good at their jobs in terms of, you know, asset management and, you know, the, the moves they've made with their personnel, even the Rams GM, he shouted out for, you know, trading those picks away to a a established all-star caliber talent. The Lakers did that. The Lakers did that with Anthony Davis. They thought they did that with Russell Westbrook. So, like There there are genuine arguments to be made as to why the Lakers front office messed up the LeBron years. I don't think this should be the sticking point. I ultimately don't think it will be the sticking point. I think LeBron will finish out his contract with the Lakers. But all of this stuff is notable, again, because it is LeBron James.
0: There was always going to be a line in the sand that Palenka was going to have to draw at some point. Like you can't just keep saying yes to LeBron and clutch and like they, they're always going to want what's best in the moment for their client. That's what an agent is supposed to do in the moment. They wanted John wall because he's a clutch client and Russ was like imploding basically that week. And like, um. so in that moment, they wanted John Wall here. Like, but again, Palenka was always going to have to say no at some point, And it's, it was never going to go well, <laughs> like telling LeBron and Rich ball, no, um, was always going to create some type of animosity. Um, but to your point as well, like everything LeBron says is with a purpose and he knows exactly how powerful his words are he always chooses them very carefully so he doesn't get any benefit of the doubt for talking about how good it is that the Rams GM traded picks away what a week after the Lakers didn't and talking about what an MVP Sam Presti is and talking about how good of a team the Cavaliers have built like all of that means something um i agree i think lebron's going to see out the end of his contracts we'll see what happens after that i i mean you can call me crazy i don't know i i don't know necessarily that the door is shut on him coming back to the lakers
1: it's pretty I agree. It's, yeah, yeah it's
0: it's pretty closed but like it's not all the way shut um I, a lot of this feels like in the moment anger, it's a really bad season. The Lakers didn't do anything right now to fix it. Arguably, I would say that was probably the smart move is to not mortgage the future to bring in Christian wood or even Eric Gordon. Like neither of those guys are going to make you title contenders punt the season to a certain degree, tell LeBron, like you wanted Russ, and this is what you get. Um, And deal with it in the summer when, as you said, Russ isn't expiring, you have an extra draft pick. I mean, Talon's draft, or not draft stock, trade value was never lower than what it was at the trade deadline, and he's played a little bit better since. Maybe Talon plays better, ups his trade value. I wanted to write an article about that, but everything went haywire so fast that I never got the chance to, but there was an argument to be made about not trading Talon because he, his value was never going to be lower. Um, all, if all that stuff improves, then you're in a much better position to make some trades and improve this team. Where they were at the deadline was a really bad situation. The only thing I was really, I mean, honestly, really surprised at is they didn't make any moves around the fringes. To get rid of your Baysmores, your DeAndres, maybe your Dwights. But I mean, again, that wasn't going to make you a title contender. That was going to change some of the stuff on the edges and maybe help you get to the seventh seed in the playing game or something. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I, I mean, shockingly, I liked what Palinka did at the trade deadline. I just didn't think they would actually do it. Um, I didn't like what he did. Like, A lot of the other stuff, um, I had talked myself into the Russ trade, but you needed a really, really good version of Russ, and he hasn't been that. He's played better in the last couple games, but I don't really trust anything this Lakers team does because they can play really good one game and awful the next game. Um, I mean, all this is with the backdrop of AD missing at least four weeks. I would imagine it's going to be more than that as well, so – Even then, like it's purely in hindsight, but it's even better that they didn't trade for Christian Wood and John Wall and whatnot, because then you're really, really screwed. Um, So I don't, it, LeBron is certainly making a point on purpose, as I said, but I don't know it's necessarily to get out of LA. Yeah, He's fully aware of what his contract is. That, that was the weirdest comment where he said, I don't know when I'll be free. You know exactly when your contract's up. Um, I don't think it's necessarily to get out of LA. I interpreted a lot of it as like, you better do something about this this summer, Rob, because I know exactly how all these other teams look around the league.
1: Yeah, I, I think Cleveland is certainly the one to watch. Um yeah. But the other the other tidbit that came out, other than, you know, LeBron praising what they built in Cleveland and the door not being shut on him coming back, was him restating his intention to play with his son and outright saying, "If you want me, draft my son." That was a big deal that everybody made. It's he has talked about this endlessly for the last several years. Like, I do not understand what we're doing. It's the all-star break. I understand there are things we need to talk about. Who cares? We knew this is how LeBron's career was going to end. Now, do we have any idea what team it's going to be? No. If you, if you want to speculate uh, what teams are going to still be garbage two years from now, huh. by all means do so. I will read all of those listicles. And if <laughs> the Kings aren't on them, you're doing it wrong. Let me just say that. First of all, (laughs) Um, I agree with you that I don't think the door is shut on LeBron re-signing after this contract is up. In fact, if all goes well this summer, I think it is far more likely that they make a real run at it and he re-signs on a one-year off of whatever good feelings came from the previous season. Yeah. Just from a human standpoint, it's hard to switch to play for three teams in three years, which is what LeBron would effectively be doing, yeah. assuming neither the Lakers nor the Cavs draft Bronny like that is just a difficult thing to do. That's not that's not a position you willingly put yourself in. I I think every everybody's framing this as like these these are LeBron's last days with the Lakers this summer, he's going to force a trade. That may be the case. LeBron's a pretty unpredictable guy, (laughs) but I think the Lakers aren't going to be in as bad of a position this summer as they were at the trade deadline, not because they'll be in a great position, but I I really think it's important to understand how bad of a situation the Lakers were in at the trade deadline, because it wasn't just the fact that they didn't have the assets to make the moves. It was that every team around the league knew that they didn't have the assets to make the move and were going to milk them for everything that they had because they knew how desperate they were to make a move because they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like that's the bottom line. You want to talk about, you know, the clutch and Rob Polinka not being on the same page in terms of being inactive or not trading for John Wall? That's fine. I agree the Lakers should have made a move on the fringes. I think that is a legitimate criticism from clutch to the Lakers front office and from Lakers fans to the Lakers front office. But if you're mad that the Lakers didn't make the home run move at the trade deadline, I I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't know what you expected from this team in in their current circumstances. If Russ was playing well, if the Lakers were the number one seed in the Western conference, I think we'd be talking about you know moving Tan, Kendrick uh, Kendrick Nunn in the first round pick. I think those conversations would still be had because you always want to upgrade a team and make it better. I think it would be a lot it would have been a lot easier to move those guys under them, those circumstances than it was at the trade deadline. And by that same logic, I think it'll be a whole lot easier this summer to move those guys. Talon can be moved, assuming a team is willing to give up a pick. For him, you can move Taylor into salary cap space and turn him into a pick that you use in a salary dump for an actual NBA player, including Russ or Kendrick Nunner. It's just there's so much more possibilities this summer, and there was no reason for the Lakers to limit themselves when this season is what it is, which is a dumpster fire. 80s out for a month. LeBron as well as he played this season, probably shouldn't be playing 40 minutes a night to get this team to the eighth seed. Like, this has just been a bad season. There was no reason for anyone to treat it like anything else at the trade deadline. And all you can do is hope that this summer, the Lakers, LeBron, come together and say, that was stupid. Let's try this again.
0: The... (laughs) <laughs> the more like the further away we get from it, um, the more clear it is that Rob Polinka saying like after the trade deadline that he, LeBron and AD were aligned in their thinking was a lie <laughs> like, that that definitely didn't happen like it, if you want to get an easy retweet from me just put that Polinka saying that with Maury saying the lie detector determined that was a lie. <laughs> um put that in a video and I will instantly retweet it. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Like th- just I mean, whatever word you want to use, they punted it to the off season, they'll deal with it then, they'll be in a better shape. Not to completely change topics. You just mentioned it. The Bronny thing has fascinated me today because, for one, it's kind of tough on Bronny because now he knows. Somebody is going to draft him because his dad is going to go there. Which, like, I think Bronny probably would have been drafted regardless, but now you kind of have that hanging over you. You could pretty easily flip it and say, like, no matter what, he's going to get a shot at the NBA. But imagine
1: the trash talk that's going to come from
0: that. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Um, But I was thinking about this earlier. There's no chance he goes undrafted now, right? Like he could have the worst, maybe he's, I don't even, he could have the worst two years like ever at Sierra Canyon the next two years. And he's going to be drafted. Like there's no chance that he's not going to be drafted because now it's going to be wild to see just how high of a draft pick a team is willing to use for one guaranteed year of, what will he be 39, 40-year-old LeBron James? Like, I guess it'll be it'll be like how LeBron plays that year prior will determine that. But like I am fascinated by all of this. Like, who's gonna be the team that uses like a late first round draft pick on Brawny to draft him and get LeBron James for a year? And as you said, why is it gonna be the Sacramento Kings? Yeah. Like Imagine they have to be at the top of the list.
1: Imagine LeBron ending his career in Sacramento. <laughs> what, how incredible would that be? Um, I think LeBron will still be like a starting caliber player by the time he's 40, which is an insane sentence. I don't know if Bronny will be an NBA player his rookie year, but he will get playing time. Um,
0: well, that's the other thing. Like, you're going to draft him, but you, I don't know that you can like sign him to a two-way contract. Like the going to want him around. He's going to have to take a roster spot as well. And like, it seems based on a couple of people I've seen that like, he was going to be kind of a mid second round prospect, maybe early second round prospect right now. Um, maybe if he grows a little bit or something, like he'll be pretty decent, maybe jump to the late first round. So like, it seems like he was going to be drafted anyway, but like this just adds a whole wrinkle that I'm wildly fascinated by because there's so many storylines now, and like just think like that that draft is going to be wild because that's going to be what everybody talks about is like even more so than the number one pick, like oh one hundred percent, yeah a hundred percent. They're it's going to be when is Bronny going to be drafted and then immediately the fact that LeBron is going to go to that team and what does that mean? And it's just like, again, like you said, this was something he had said before, but like maybe not as explicitly as he said this week that I'm going there. The money doesn't matter. I'm playing with him. So like now it's, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. I know it's a couple of years away. Um, If you're like, Man, if you're like the Lakers, like, do you what draft would that be? 2023,
1: 2024, 2024. And the Lakers will only have their draft pick if the Pelicans defer it to 2025, which that would be the ultimate middle. I mean, they won't do it because they don't like clutch. But how funny would it be if the Pelicans took Bronny?
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh my god. See, stuff like that where like I have a uh, – some. maybe this week I have a, a piece coming out that is all the Lakers draft picks up to 2029, like which ones they're going to have. Um, and as you said, that whole situation is – I don't know when the Pelicans have to make that decision. I would assume after the lottery in 2024, like when the whole draft order is set. Um, I don't know that for a fact. But, yeah, like – do the Pelicans take that draft pick now so that, or then so the Lakers can't draft Bronny so that LeBron has to leave the Lakers. Like how petty do you get with this? Like there's so many, like people are going to be making trade. Like they were clearing cap space for years to when LeBron was going to hit free agency for the decision. They're going to be making trades now for that 2024 draft to have the ammunition to try to, get into the range to get LeBron like I know that,
1: Sam Presti's picks are four baby
0: yeah exactly the Pelicans have been sizing up this moment they're going to hold a team ransom to to get whatever they want because yeah I mean as long as David Griffin and the Benson family owns that there's no chance that they're drafting Le- Brawny but they can I mean they're going to have probably a ton of picks maybe they take the pick and then they have like six picks in that draft and they can make the decision about where Bronny goes. So like, there's so many like side stories to this that are fascinating that like, I'm going to read every article about this over the next couple of years, but I've been thinking about that all day because I find that to be just a, a fascinating storyline of just the fact that like LeBron has come when you're drafting Bronny, you're drafting Bronny and LeBron. And that's just wild.
1: Well, until then, he's a Laker. And uh, he's a pretty important one with Anthony Davis out. Always important, but especially when your second best player is out. Uh, Lakers will be back at it on Friday to take on the Clippers. And then, uh, ironically, they'll play the Pelicans on Sunday. So after that game, we'll be back with you. Uh, Until then, we'll catch you. Thanks for listening.